Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. Live from Armory Square, this is Orange Nation. We go to our guest line to bring on the director of athletics at Syracuse University, John Wildack. John, always good to talk to you. How are you today? I'm well, Steve. How are you doing today? Uh, we're doing well. We're doing well. And and, and listen, I, I know we want to get to Saturday and the return of fans to the to the Dome for football, and we will get to that. Uh, but we do have to start with a few follow-up questions uh, regarding yesterday's news conference and the external review into the women's basketball program that has been completed. Uh, I, I want to go back to the spring, John, if we could. And, you know, as you were seeing player after player transfer out of the program and, and key players at that, did that raise any red flags for you? And, and if so, uh, what led to your full endorsement of Quentin Hillsman uh, before that article in The Athletic came out? Yeah, I think two things, Steve. Is, is One is um, you know, my endorsement for Q at that time, we didn't have any knowledge of, of, of the allegations and ultimately the findings in terms of the article. I think the other thing is, is any athletic director, when they're asked to comment about their head coach publicly, um, you've got to be really strategic how you respond to that because if you're if an AD is critical of their head coach publicly, that that, that can have you know repercussions of on the program um, and significant repercussions. What I did with Q candidly is I sat down with him and I met when when the defection started, you know, hitting a significant number, and I said, you, you got to look at your culture and you got to analyze your culture. You got to analyze how you run this program because it, I get it, it's the transfer portal, but when there's this number, you've got to really do some soul searching here. Um, but what you know, what you say publicly is 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 an athletic director if you throw your you know if if you express concern and you kind of throw your coach under the bus um that can have major ramifications for your program john you said you didn't know at the time and i think the biggest question that comes from fans after your press conference yesterday was how did this how how was it not known this was going on you know unfortunately as i said yesterday is is you know, there were serious flaws and, and there was a failure, you know, in our process and, and the failure of certain personnel to, you know, come forward and, and you know, escalate to the appropriate people concerns about the culture of the program. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, I've, I've never tried to be a micromanager, you know, whether as an ESPN, large organization, this is a very complex organization, almost 600 student athletes. You know, add in a couple hundred staff. Um, it's it's really impossible to, to micromanage. But one of the you know among the things that we've instituted, one of the things that we'll do going forward is there will be areas where I will definitely get more involved. We've tightened protocols in a number of places. Um, we've taken other steps, some of which I addressed yesterday. In our coaches. And our staff clearly knows, you know, clearly knows that, that going forward, uh, there's going to be more indirect accountability uh, on them, on their staffs. And um, we've also educated everyone who is associated with any of our programs, any of our teams, if they see something that is of concern, they should 
should come report it to their immediate supervisor, the sport administrator, so we can deal with it, and we can deal with it on a real-time basis. So we, we, we have changed things going forward. So you just said you're going to get more involved, and that kind of leads me to my next question, John. And, and one thing that was not addressed yesterday uh, was the hiring of Ronnie Enoch two years ago. And Enoch, of course, a friend of Quentin Hillsman's. Um, he did have issues at his previous job. There were accusations of inappropriate behavior towards players while he was an assistant coach at North Carolina Central. Was Syracuse University aware of that uh, at the time of his hiring? And, and if not, um, and again, I think you alluded to it a moment ago, but have changes been made to the hiring practices moving forward at SU? Well, change, changes will be made, and every any hire will be thoroughly, thoroughly vetted um, you know, across athletics and, and obviously working with HR, human resources, and the, and the university as well. And, you know, Ronnie was hired, and, and again, you know, Q came to me, and the sport administrator came to me, and they were very, very strong advocates of, of Ronnie um, and presented to me why they thought Ronnie could be a positive impact on our program. Um, so I, I, I trusted their judgment. Um, but again, going forward, it will be a different, uh, it will be a different environment with anyone that we hire anyone. John, how did, uh, Von, how did the Von Reed decision come about? Uh, a lot of people questioning he was part of coach Q's staff for a long time. How did he survive this and what was part of the decision-making? Well, again, you know, a couple of things on the decision making, and some of this I referenced yesterday is, is I spoke to uh, the team numerous times. Uh, numerous times I spoke with it, met with the team twice. Uh, we had representatives from the university meet with the team independent of me um, to 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 get their their thoughts. Uh, I got feedback from family members, um, and all that were. Uh, supportive of Coach Reed, and they thought it was important that that he would provide the stability and the continuity of the program. Our our players were recruited to play in this system. He's the architect of this system. There was real concern um, that if we brought in a new staff, new staff, new style of play, new system, were our current players going to be suited for that system? Also, when you try to make a, cha- a coaching change this, that late in the year in August, your pool of candidates you know, narrows considerably because coaches have had their teams on campus for a month. They finish their recruiting for the year. They're invested in their teams for the 21 and 22 season. And in the end, you know, what drove the decision is my, my objective is we're totally focused on providing all the support we possibly can for the 11 members of our women's basketball team this year. And I thought in evaluating what was best for them, um, Coach Reed provided the stability and continuity that the program needed and that, uh, and that they requested. Was, uh, were former players asked about them that were part of the investigation, or was this just the current players? Um, I, I talked to uh, I talked to cur- I talked to current players, but there were no former players who expressed any concern to me about him. All right, last one on this, uh, John. Before we we move on, I'm just curious. You know, looking back on the last year or so, um, is there anything you wish you had done differently? You know, in in, in hindsight, and I know it's 2020, but do you wish you you had done anything differently? Well, again, I, I think you know you, you, you never. 
Yeah, we, we we understand that you know this the spotlight that Syracuse Athletics has and the importance it has in our community. We want to be a source of pride for our community. When it's not, um, you know, that's we're, we're all disappointed in that. I think again, I think what we've done in terms of putting systems, procedures, policies in place, you know, will make us better going forward. If those were in place before, might that have eliminated some of this? Um, you know, it, it it may have. All right, so uh, so let's move on. I, and I know you're anxious to talk about uh, this weekend, and and we will do that uh, as we promised. Uh, you know, fans finally returning to the dome for a football game uh, for the first time in two years, and I, I know there are plenty of fans excited about that. Uh, you know, here in town to get back inside the dome. But as you were saying yesterday, it sounds like the players are, are more excited than anybody, right? Yeah, it, it's even as interesting because the, the question I got asked most frequently in the spring and the summer is, you know, are we going to have fans? We're going to have fans, and I said, yeah, we're going we're to have fans back in the in the dome for you. And I I, I cannot uh, overstate the importance of, of of our fans and the impact that fans in the building on Saturday will have for our team. Um, I think it will be dramatic. I mean, it was you know, frankly, I mean, it was bizarre last year playing in front of no fans uh, for six home games. Um, so that, you know, that 12th man and that crowd and the atmosphere is going to be, uh, is going to be incredibly important. I'm also, you know, we're excited for our fans because we've not had a, a really large public crowd in the dome since the last one was March 1 of 2020 when we, you know, that was the North Carolina men's basketball game that Jimmy Fallon was at and some guy named Tom Brady <laughs> um, and Julian Edelman. So I, I, I want fans to be able to experience, you know, firsthand, um, you know, what's been done to uh, to the dome and to the stadium over the past eighteen months. Because I truly, it, to me, it's very, it's transformative. It's just, it's, it's like a different building. It's like a different arena, a different dome, a different stadium. And uh, I think our fans will will enjoy it. Uh, along those lines, John, uh, what upgrades uh, do you think fans will will most appreciate? You know, there's AC now, there's better lighting, there's a new scoreboard, you know, so on and so forth. What do you think is the, the one that's going to stand out for fans above all the rest? Well, I think on Saturday, since it's supposed to be like 77 or 78 degrees outside, I think air conditioning will be a strong number one. <laughs> um, but I think, again, the, the new lighting and what we can do with that and the flexibility will really be able to showcase that in night games uh, in particular. But the new lighting, the new sound, you know, the center-hung video scoreboard is the fourth largest in the country. The clarity is unbelievable. You know, it's like watching the 8K screen in your home. Um, I think they'll enjoy all that. I think uh, concessions, we've upgraded our concessions. We've increased our offerings for concessions. We're going to a touchless uh, concession uh, system, which what that will do, Steve, that will speed up the transaction. I think that will re- that will result in, in reduced lines and a quicker transaction for our fans and our patrons. So they'll, list, they'll, they'll miss less game time if they want to go to a concession stand, get something to eat, something to drink. So um, new wayfinding throughout the building, um, new lighting in the concourses. I just I think the entire experience uh, you know will, people will, will will enjoy. But again, I think on Saturday since it's going to be a sunny you know a warm sunny day, I think AC will be a strong number one. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. There's about only that. one person. 
Steve, there's only one person in the community who's not in favor of air conditioning. That's Dino. That's Dino, right? You're correct. And I, I told him, the, uh, I said, you know, the, the, the poll was 99.9% in favor and, and 0.01% not in favor. And I said, I'm sorry, Dino, but your 0.01 didn't cover the day. Yeah, yeah, he's been overruled on that. Uh, uh, Pete Salad discussed uh, the entry process yesterday, John, mm-hmm. uh, for fans. Um, what do you want to get across to our listeners who, who are thinking about going to the game, who are probably going to go to the game? Uh, what do you want them to know about the process, about the COVID protocols, you know, about what they can expect uh, in terms of you know, getting in, getting to their seat, and, and enjoying the game? Yeah, number, number one, I'd encourage fans to arrive uh, a little bit earlier than they normally do. Uh, we've, got, we've got five pre-screening tents which open at 10 a.m., um, there'll be one at Skytop, one at Manly North, one at Manly South, um, one uh, on the quad, and one in the west parking down down below the stadium, down by uh, down by Sadler Hall, and those in that area. And you go there, and that's where you show your proof of vaccination, where you show your proof of a negative COVID test, and then after that, you'll be cleared to go to go in the dome. Cues on the quad opens at 11 a.m. Um, and as we have the past couple of years, it'll feature food and drink, little big screens in there, so people can catch the noon games. The band will be on the steps of Hendricks. I think it'll be a festive atmosphere. But I would encourage people to 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 arrive early. We're sending out reminders to everyone who has purchased a ticket for tomorrow's game in terms of the protocol. So I would encourage our fans to review thoroughly uh, the protocol. And the protocol, Steve, is designed. It's it's not one that, that Pete and I came up with on our own. We did, this is done with with tremendous input from the Onondaga County Department of Health, um, with the public health officials of the university. So that's the you know they shape the protocol, and the protocol is subject to change depending on where we are with the Delta variant and our infection rate. Um, so, but I would encourage people arrive earlier than normal. The other is I'd encourage you to get in your seat earlier than normal and had your gates earlier than normal. Uh, we, we do uh, um, have, have uh, uh, tributes planned to recognize the 20th anniversary of obviously a very important date in the history of this country, uh, 20th anniversary 9-11. We've, and some of those will be pregame, and I think, uh, I think uh, they will be done tastefully, and I think our fans would, would enjoy uh, seeing those in person. All right, John, we, uh, we started you off with some serious questions. Uh, I've got one more for you. I, I have to ask about Dino. Uh, he's in his sixth year, just one winning season to this point. Uh, what are you looking for out of him? What are you looking for out of this team this year uh, to make you feel like, you know, it's, it's his job and his program? Well, I think, Steve, when I was asked that in the spring, I used the word development. And we had a really good off season in terms of development. We had a good uh, from the time they came back in February, off season strength and conditioning program, spring practice, our summer workouts, summer camp. So we now we needed to turn development into production, right? And, and production equates to you know obviously you know, wins and, and more wins. Um, and, and I think it was really important just for the psyche. You know, to, to win last week and to win decisively. And I thought Tommy DeVito summed it up pretty well in his post-game comments is we left some meat on the bone out there, you know, offensively. Uh, we could have scored a couple more touchdowns. And I just think, you know, a win like last week instills confidence. We played a really, really clean game. 
Um, no turnovers. Special teams did a good job. You know, defense kept Ohio out of the end zone. That doesn't happen very often in college football in 2021. Offensive line, you know, the run blocking was terrific. Sean Tucker, can't say enough about Sean. Um, and Tommy, you know, Tommy made really smart decisions. Um, so I, I, I hope that that, you know, gives them the, found, the team the foundation is the hard work they put in over the past you know, six, seven months, it, it, it can pay off and it will pay off in victories. It's going to be a challenge on Saturday. Rutgers is, is good. Um, you know, it's an old Big East rival. A lot of Jersey guys on both teams, a lot of New York guys on both teams. You know, it'll be, it'll be a really, really tough game. But, again, I think we've gone from, you know, it's development into production. And production is, hey, we, we've got to win more games. Last one for you, John. You talked about Rutgers, an important game. It's a, it's very much a measuring stick game for Syracuse and Rutgers. Uh, with the new alliance, do you see maybe Rutgers-Syracuse being a, a thing of the future? And uh, maybe you could talk about how important this rivalry is. Well, I I would like like to play uh, more often because I, I think it's a I think it's a good game for our fans. I think it's a good game for their fans. And again, we kind of recruit the same areas and. Yeah, I, I would hope, and I've talked to Pat Hobbs, my counterpart at Rutgers, and you know, obviously, you know, schools have schedules, non-conference committed, you know, for a number of years out. Big Ten plays non-conference games, limits a little bit their flexibility in terms of non-conference. But I would hope that we could play more because I think it's a natural, not only in football, but you know, in some in Olympic sports as well. All right, the home opener set for 2 p.m. Saturday inside the dome between Syracuse and Rutgers, John. We appreciate the time. We'll see you inside the Dome Saturday. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Have a great afternoon. All right, you as well. There he is, uh, SU Athletic Director John Wildhack. Quick time out here. Orange Nation rolls out right after this on ESPN Radio.